You are listening to the Rooted Podcast, the conversation advancing gospel-centered youth ministry. And welcome to the Rooted Podcast. We're hoping to further the conversation about how the gospel, how our ministries can be more anchored in the gospel. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about youth missions. We're going to be with, uh, talking with Philip Walkley. He's the executive director of Service Over Self Ministries in Memphis. We're we'll talking with Drew Haltom, who is a pastor at Christ City Church here in Memphis as well. And um, both of these guys have contributed to the, the book Gospel-Centered Youth Ministry, a practical guide, which is uh, published by Crossway and will be coming out in February 2016. Guys, um, I'm glad we're getting to have this conversation here. Yeah. We've had, we've had these conversations more as, uh, more as friends, and it's kind of funny to have one with a microphone in between us, but... Um, but yeah, but hopefully, hopefully, uh, it'll be just as substantive as it normally is and it's yeah. fun too. But the first thing we're going to talk about is, you know, Philip, uh, and Drew used to work here at SOS. Uh, you know, you see thousands of students go on mission trips every summer. Uh, you've mm-hmm. seen hundreds and hundreds of churches come. Uh, and so what we're going to talk about today is what are mistakes that churches make when they do youth missions and, and what are some things they can do to put their best foot forward. So first thing, guys, that we want to talk about is just in terms of our our mentality that we bring to the table when we do uh, missions with the poor with in youth ministry, uh, what yeah, what are the problems with our mentality or that you, that you observe? Can I go first? Or? Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great question, Cameron. And I think um, I think it's such a huge and important and significant teaching opportunity with our students um, as far as promoting the right frame of mind before engaging in youth missions. And, and so some of the things I'm thinking about are, um, first of all, uh, many, many youth groups who come and partner with SOS and a lot of other similar ministries around the country are coming from more middle class middle-class backgrounds or upper-class backgrounds. And so what a, what a great opportunity it is to interact with so many people who are very different than your students may be. And one huge, huge thing to teach your students prior to coming to avoid so many mistakes is things that we talk about all the time relating to image of God. So just remembering things like, man, every single person is created in God's image and has value, worth, and dignity, and honor because of that. And so when we're engaging with people who aren't like us, when we're doing youth missions, huge opportunity to learn from and actually see God demonstrated in people who are not like us. So I think that's one huge mistake is we forget the very simple principle and to talk about that, train our students in that uh, before we engage in youth missions. Yeah, and one of the things I hear you saying there is a lot of times we tend to dehumanize Mm. and objectify the people that we're serving, see them Mm. less than what they are in, in the image of Oh God! How about you, Philip? Yeah, uh, I would. I would definitely agree with that. I think also um, another thing we see is, and it's along the same lines. It's almost this um, maybe a messiah complex that that students are coming in, feeling like you know they have their lives all put together, and they're coming on a mission trip to help all of these people who clearly don't have their lives together because they need our help. And um, I don't think that's a a very fair assessment of so many of the people that we partner with and serve in this community in Memphis and really around the world. Um, Number one, because we are not 
the Messiah, right? We, we are not Jesus. Um, we are simply his ambassadors. Um, and, and I think also what, one thing that a lot of students fail to recognize is that just because someone is poor, materially speaking, or economically speaking, does not mean that they don't have a vibrant faith in Jesus, um, or does not mean that they don't have a lot of giftings to offer to other people, right? God has gifted them and created them uniquely. And so, um, so I, I think that's something that we see a lot that we really try to kind of battle against in the way we teach and the way we um, do ministry here at SOS is that you guys do not have your lives all together, and that's not why you're here. You're here um, to be a, a model of Jesus to these people, and they might have a lot to offer you as well, even though you're giving something to them. So, Yeah, I think our experience here at SOS is um, interacting with thousands of students each year um, we often see the students who come participate in SOS leave more changed than the than the homeowners we're working with in inner city Memphis. Um, so, man, so many times the people we partner with when we're doing ministry with the poor oftentimes have so much more to offer us than we have to offer them. And we need to go into it with that kind of humble, learning, servant-hearted mindset. Yeah. Well, I think one thing I've heard you guys talk about, too, is uh, how often we don't allow people that we serve with to engage and to, to, to participate in the work that we're doing. And so can we talk about that a little bit about the importance of that kind of partnership and kind yeah. of collaboration? No, that's huge. Um, we, we make a big push here. And I mean, even in the way we talk about it, we talk about entering into a partnership with these families that we work with. Um, so people, students in particular who go on mission trips, they understand the truth that Paul talks about in Acts 20 um, when he's reminding uh, those who he's speaking to that of the words of our Lord Jesus that it's more blessed to give than receive. And kids who go on youth ministry, youth mission trips get this, right? They know that it is actually, they get a blessing from giving of themselves to others. And if we're not careful, if we come into uh, ministry situations uh, ministering uh, to those who are materially poor, and we are off, We often come into situations like, no, 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 I don't want you to lift a finger. I don't want you to do anything. And or we think, you know, it's it's not Christ-like or gospel-like to ask those we're serving to be involved in some way or to give in some way to the process. And if we're not really careful, what we're communicating is, hey, hey, I, I want all of the blessing from giving, but I don't want you to experience any of that. And we have so many homeowners. So an example would be, I was visiting a homeowner's house the other day where we have some volunteers. And I went inside to talk with her, and she said, she said, do you want a soda or water? And I said, well, I've already drank something, thank you. And she said, well, tell the group. She said, I've been offering soda all day yesterday and today, and that nobody's come to get one yet. And, and I thought to myself, man, what a great opportunity to give this homeowner the dignity and the joy of giving a gift. It may, giving a soda may be a small thing for us, but to her, maybe that's a big sacrifice. And so looking for ways that we can allow homeowners, or not just homeowners, excuse me, allow those who are materially poor to to in some way give back and participate in the work that is going on in a way that gives them dignity, gives them joy, and affirms that they have things to offer as well. Yeah, and it's as simple as when you're doing ministry with the poor, when you're just doing ministry with people in general, a really simple and really affirming question that you can ask people is, "Hey, what's what's something that you like to do, or what's something that you're good at?" Mm-hmm. And you may be surprised, and people are so excited to serve you, like, "Hey, I'm I'm really good at cooking." And we've, we've seen so many stories here at SOS where homeowners are really gifted cooks, and we enjoy taking advantage. We enjoy uh, 
They're not blessing us, not taking advantage, but <laughs> allowing them, allowing them to bless us. Um, we've we've been blessed by that uh, in so many ways over the years, and and for them to experience the blessing of giving, right? I mean, right. that's yeah. that's that's the heart behind it. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that you know that give and take comes back to the original topic we were discussing as far as our mentality, because I think that to serve alongside or to allow a poor person to serve us. Uh, that that's an acknowledgement that we're equals, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. we are on the, you know, that we are peers, we're on the same playing field. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, a lot of times we don't have the humility to admit that. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to enter into a relationship like that. Yeah. We, a lot of times, um, I've seen people at SOS when, um, one of the families that we're working with, you know, will offer to, you know, Hey, I want to give a donation to SOS or I want to give, you know, can I, you know, give this to your group. And I think a lot of times people are like, Oh no, I don't want, you know, I don't, I don't want you to do that because you know, you don't have any, you know, that you're, you're poor already. And, and again, I think it does, it takes incredible humility to say, you know what, I'm going to let them give sacrificially. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to not rob them of that joy and I'm going to humble myself enough to let me be served, you know, because we think I don't have any needs, right? I don't, I don't need anything, but the reality is we all have needs and when we can allow someone who's materially poor to be a part of meeting our needs, that's an incredible gospel connection that can happen in students' hearts. Yeah, and I think that's part of when Jesus is talking about um, how difficult it is for the rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's talking about a rich man sometimes in material terms, but really the rich man in terms of pride. Yeah. The person who does not see their own sin, that does not see their, their need for God's grace. Mm-hmm. And so it's really... Only the gospel can bring us to that place of humility. For sure. And we say we are equally uh, equally as depraved as the next person, mm-hmm. um, equally dependent upon the mercy of God. So, well, one other thing, you know, uh, talking, talking about takeaways that we hope kids would, would take, would go home with, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we talk about the thank you, God, for my iPhone Mm-hmm. <laughs> Takeaway. Take Could you guys speak to that a little bit about kind of the point that we're hoping kids will come home with? Yeah, I mean, so I've you know I was a youth, I was in youth ministry for four years, and now I've been at SOS for almost a decade. So I've seen a ton of kids on mission trips, and one of the most common threads I hear, you know, when you're at the end of a time of service and kids are sharing about their experience, one of the most common things I hear is, "Man, after seeing all of." that poverty essentially, or after seeing how bad Mr. and Miss so-and-so have it, or seeing how these people hardly have anything and they're so joyful, you know, I've, I've realized that I've been taking for granted all of the nice things I have. And so I'm going to really appreciate all of the good things that I have after this trip. And there's, there is some value and some truth in that. Absolutely. We should be grateful to God for what he's given us. But I, I often challenge students to flip that way of thinking. Imagine if Jesus Imagine this scenario. Jesus is in heaven. It's perfect. He has no needs. Um, And he looks down on the brokenness of our world. And he says, man, they have it rough down there. Their sin has ravaged the world. I'm going to really enjoy how perfect it is here with the Father and the Holy Spirit. No, no, he did the exact opposite. In fact, he left the comforts of heaven, ran towards our suffering, and took it upon himself so that we could have life. 
And so that's what we, that's one thing we want to challenge students with is, is a lot of times we say, don't appreciate, alleviate, right? Don't, don't just leave this appreciating how nice your life is, but use the good gifts that God has given you sacrificially to alleviate the suffering of others, to, to bring blessing to others, to serve others in the way that Christ gave of himself. That's the gospel response, not just being thankful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another um, huge potential mistake as a, as a student um, wraps up a week-long or however it may be mission trip is at the end of that time, I'm done. I, you know, I've, I've gotten in my week of serving for the year. I've gotten in my ministry with the poor. And, and one of our hearts is seeing students and seeing youth groups learn how to do this sort of stuff in their own city throughout the year with, you know, kids who may sit in the same cafeteria with them every day throughout the week. How can they come alongside people and enter into people's brokenness? And it not just be this one week a year thing, pat yourself on the back, you did your good deed, now you can move on. But how, how does this, how does serving the poor, um, how does it become a lifestyle? Um, that's, that's a big, big takeaway that I think we miss, and that's a huge, huge mistake when we miss that. Guys, this has been extremely instructive and edifying. Appreciate your time, and we will talk to you later. Thanks. To learn more about Gospel-Centered Youth Ministry, please visit our website at www.mutedministry.com. Music has been provided by High Street Hymns. You can access their music at www.highstreethymns.com. Alleluia, alleluia.